0: So, the story is told that there was a royal banquet in Buckingham with the Queen That's several years ago before Queenie died. And a couple from America somehow got on that list to be invited. They were taken into a room and said, Now, here's the protocol. You don't speak to her unless she speaks to you. When she enters, you bow. You refer to her as Your Majesty. Do not say Queenie, as I say. Do not say that. And when we have the royal banquet, you don't just eat. You do whatever queen does. If she picks up her tea, you pick up your tea. If she picks up a spoon, you pick up your spoon. You do exactly what the queen does. The American couple were very nervous. And they got to meet the queen. She said a little bit to them. They spoke. They went to the banquet. The queenie picked up her cup of tea with her finger in the air. So they picked up their tea with a finger and ear. She picked up her spoon, she picked up their spoon. And they just kept watching, and whatever the queen did, she did. When she went for her napkin, they went for their napkin. Near the end of the banquet, the queen took a little saucer of some milk and poured it on, a, uh, on the cup, on the saucer. And they looked at each other and said, oh, Queen, does it, we're going to do it. And so the queen then took that little saucer and put it on the floor for her little doggie. And they just, okay. You know, and that that reminds us that sometimes in life, we simply don't understand how things should be. In the book of Acts, Philip was asked to the Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? The great Einstein was on the lecture tour, and college after college, he would go, and he'd give the same speech of relativity over and over and over and over. Every college, he'd do this. He had the same driver, and they were driving from one town to the next town, one university to the next university, and, and the driver said, I have heard this speech so many times, I could give it myself. And Einstein said, really? He said, where I'm going, they've never met me before. So I'm going to get in the front seat and put your hat on, you're going to get in the back seat, and you're going to deliver the speech. And so they got to this university. The driver comes up there. He acts like he's Einstein. He gives a speech flawlessly on relativity. And at the end, the college, prof- the college president got up there and said, we are so honored to have Mr. Einstein with us today. Are there any questions in the audience? And a young professor shot up. And he's a hot shot professor. And he asked this question. And of course, the young driver sitting there. He has no idea. He says, you know what, that question is so simple, I'm going to ask my driver over here to come up here and answer that. (laughs) You know, it's one thing to know something. It's something else to understand it. And what we're going to talk about today is just a simple lesson about salvation. Do we understand salvation? And from the book of Romans in chapter 6, I want to share with you just Three or four simple lessons from that. We sometimes use this, this expression being eye to eye with someone or being on the same page with someone. And that's important for us to understand that we are on the same page with God about salvation. Salvation is the most important topic. That's why Jesus came. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus didn't come down here just to see what's like. Jesus didn't come down here and say, you know, I wonder what hamburger tastes like. We don't have hamburger in heaven. So, no, he didn't come down here to save the planet. He didn't come down here to make our lives better. He came to save our souls. The most famous passage, of course, John three sixteen: that God so loved the world, he gave so that we would be saved. That's the concept of that. And so we begin in the book of Matthew and in chapter 7. And let's read, if you will, the, the verses 21 through 23. And in this, we're going to notice four conclusions that are brought out here. Matthew chapter 7, begin with verse 21. As Jesus here is emphasizing again this concept of about his role in all these things. Matthew chapter 7, and begin verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And your name cast out many demons, and your name performed many miracles. And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The four conclusions. The first conclusion is there's a day in which all of this is going to matter. He says that specifically on that day. On that day, the only thing that's going to matter is, am I right with God? On that day, am I on the same page with God? Now, on that day, did I get my college brackets filled out right? That won't matter. On that day, did I groom my dog? Won't matter. On that day, have I filed my taxes yet? Won't matter. Because on that day, only one thing matters. And that is, where am I with Jesus? And that's a question we all ask ourselves every day because we don't know when that day is going to be. Secondly, there is a day that clearly shows that Jesus is in charge. On that day, many will say to me, why don't they say to each other? Why don't they run and go tell their mama? Why don't they go tell somebody else? Because on that day, Jesus is in charge. He is in charge always, but especially on that day. On that day, the only thing that matters is you and Jesus. And again, that's a question I'll run through our minds every day. Number three, there is a day that the approval of Jesus will matter most. most. And then again, Lord, Lord, did we not? Did we not prophesy, they say? Did we not cast out demons? Things that you and I could never, ever do. And what they're trying to convince Jesus is they're trying to get the approval of Jesus. Because on that day, what the church says, what my mama says, what your best friend says, doesn't matter. On that day, what Jesus says matters. On that day. As it should be every day. That's what matters. And then the fourth conclusion, there is a day when some will learn that they were not on the same page with Jesus. I never knew you, depart from me. Several years ago, I was doing just kind of like I'm doing right here, holding a gospel meeting. And, and I go a lot of places, meet lots of faces, and usually I forget the names by the time I get to the parking lot. You know, that's how it is. And so I, I, I was in this meeting, and this guy came up to me, put his hands on my shoulders. Brother, Roger, it is so good to see you again. And I looked in his eyes and I said, I don't have a clue who you are. But I smiled and said, brother, it's good to see you too. And he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm running through my mind. The whole time I'm preaching, I'm looking at him. He's just smiling. I said, what's smiling? I can't remember who you are. That night, I couldn't go to sleep. I kept thinking, who is this guy? He said, you've been in my home. And I've always heard there's a day coming when you lose it and they take you away. I heard that. And I thought, that day came, and I didn't even realize it. I called my wife, and she goes, well, I don't know where all you go. And I kept thinking, he said I spent a night in his house. And I kept thinking, who is this guy? Next night, there he is, just as big as he could be smiling. And I said, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. After services, he came up to me. He said, Brother Charles, I've got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, I had you confused with another preacher. We never met. And I didn't know whether to kiss them or hit them. You know? But, but the thing is, you can't have memory unless there's something there. Can you imagine, as our good brother just said at the Lord's Supper table, sometimes people tell us hard things. Sometimes those words, you know the sticks and stone part, the bones heal fast. But sometimes those words you remember all your life. Can you imagine on that day, Jesus said, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Depart from me. And so that's why the lesson of salvation is so critical to us. It's not a lesson that we just say, well, yeah, some of these days when I get bigger, I, you know, I need to think about this. You need to think about this because you never know. And on that day, it's so important to us. And so that's, that's the essential things we need to see. So let's turn our Bibles, if we will, to the book of Romans in chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, that's just pretty much where we're going to stay most of our time here as we think about these things about salvation. Romans chapter 6. Let me read with you the first 14 verses. And then there's just three things I want you to see here. Very, very simple. What salvation is all about. On the same page with God about salvation. Understanding salvation. To look within my heart and say, I'm there. Or to look within my heart and say, you know i got some things i got to work on. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. Verse 10 says, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who who are alive from the dead and are members of the instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, as we begin, three things to notice. You notice he says nothing about heaven. I read fourteen verses, and the word heaven wasn't even there. You and I talk about heaven all the time. I want to be baptized. Why? Because I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. To go to heaven. And sometimes we think, get baptized, and then there's heaven. But in between, there's nothing. And that's not what Romans 6 is teaching us. Romans 6 is going to teach you what salvation is. And it's not just about going to heaven. It's about right now, right here. And sometimes we forget that. And I think because we forget that, we don't live the righteous lives that God wants us to. Every funeral mentions heaven. The Bible says very little about that. And we're going to talk Wednesday night about heaven. There's, There's things there, but we get the impression sometimes... That's the main drive. I want to be baptized, so I go to heaven. That's not what Romans 6 is going to teach you. Romans 6 is going to teach you, number one, salvation is about being connected to Jesus Christ. And notice over and over and over the language here. He will say, for instance, in verse 3 and 4, you're united in his death. You're united in his burial. You're united in his resurrection. There is a connection there between you and Jesus Christ. He will say that you were crucified with him. Notice the with, with, with all through this section. What does it mean to have salvation? It means I am connected to Jesus. I belong to him. I am one of his. I am one of those people. He also talks about being alive with Jesus in verse 8. Paul would say in the book of Galatians, in chapter 2, verse 20, he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What does it mean to be saved? I am connected to Jesus Christ. That's what it means. A child asked his mother one day, Mommy, what is a Christian? And the mother was thinking about how to how to answer that. Well, a Christian is someone who's nice, someone who worships God, someone who does what God says. Follows the Bible. Someone who has a character and a heart that wants to be righteous. And a child thought for a little bit and said, have I ever seen one of those kind of people? And it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Oh, I've been baptized. I was baptized a long time ago back then. How, am, I, am I connected to Jesus? And you know what it's like in our society today to have our phones and you're somewhere and what do you do? You look at the bars. How many bars do I have? Am I connected? Are we connected to God? Have you, even this morning, as we just sang a song, thank you, God. God, give everyone in this room a gift today. You all got the same gift. It's called today. There are people on this planet who never opened their eyes today. Yesterday was their last day. But for you, God said, I'm giving you another day. Another day. Another day to have full of choices, opportunity, adventures, all kinds of things. And do we think about, am I connected to Jesus? That's what he's beginning with, with salvation here, to emphasize these things. And so now, the second thing he tells us, in this regard, is salvation is breaking the ties to sin. Salvation is breaking the ties to sin. You're kicking Satan out of the house. You're flipping over the welcome mat outside your door. You're saying, Satan, you're no longer welcomed here. Now, again, notice the flow here in the book of Romans in chapter 6. He says, we who died to sin, when it's dead, it's dead. I believe what we do is we put sin in life support. And we have IV bags going to it. Oh, sin's not doing well, but it's still hanging on. The passage is, it's over. It's dead. It doesn't exist anymore. Notice again, our old self was crucified. That language was vivid in the first century. Nobody walked away from the cross. You went to the cross, you died. No one said, well, what did you do this weekend when you get to work? Well, I went to the lake. What did you do this weekend? Well, I was crucified, but here I am back to work. No one ever did that. If you went to the cross, you died. Well, Paul's saying what we've done to sin is we have crucified sin. Sin is over. I'm tired of that language. I'm tired of the sorry attitude. I'm tired of those addictions. No more in my life. He says our body of sin might be done away with, verse 6. He says no longer to be slaves of sin. Consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Do not let sin reign in your body. Do not obey sin. Do you get, that? Do you get the idea here? What is salvation? It's more than getting baptized. It's more than saying, well, I was baptized five years ago. Now I'm going to get to go to heaven someday. It is today sin is no longer welcome in my heart. That's what it means to be saved. He would continue in verse 13 by saying, do not present your bodies as instruments of sin. One more time, he would say in verse 14, that sin shall not master over you. Over and over and over, the thought in this passage here is that it's not just about going to heaven, it's about a righteous life. If you got your Bible, turn with me if you go to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. You remember in 1 Peter chapter 1, as Peter is painting this great picture of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1. He says in verse 15, but like the Holy One, 1 Peter 1:15. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you're a circler in your Bible, circle the word be. He didn't just say, "Do, do good stuff. Going to church is a holy thing, so just go to church. He says, you become. You have changed. You're different. You're a be'er." I am being holy to God. And then what salvation is, it's a new life. It's a new life in Jesus Christ. And again, the flavor here of Romans chapter 6. Notice what this is. He says it's the newness of life in verse 4. He'll say in verse 8 that we should live with him. He says in verse 11, consider yourselves alive to God and in Christ Jesus. Verse 13, he says, present yourselves to God as alive from the dead. Again, that wonderful idea of a new direction, a new path, a better way. You're different. You look the same. You talk the same. But you're different. And the reason is there's someone else in my heart, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the concept of salvation. It's not hard. But when we look at it, we think, okay, where am I with these things? Am I connected with Jesus? How is my connection? Have I broke the ties of sin? Or do I keep flirting around with the devil? And do I illustrate a new life, a better life, a righteous life that is so different from a person who keeps one foot in the world? That's so different than someone who is not on the same page with God. He's not one who just adds church to a busy schedule. He's one who's from the inside out different in Jesus Christ. And so salvation to God is so much more than simply going to heaven. Salvation to God is appointing Jesus and anointing Jesus as the Lord of your life. Jesus is the king of my life. My choices, my decisions, all revolve around what does Jesus want. Would Jesus be happy with me wearing this outfit? Would Jesus be happy with me saying these words? Would Jesus be happy with me going to these places? That's the idea, that's the concept. Why? Because I am saved in Jesus Christ. I am completely different in these things. It is living as the light of the world. Godly influence. The idea that Jesus has made a complete difference in my life. And is living in, in a character and a heart and attitude that is so different in Jesus Christ. And to understand how wonderful that is. And we need to appreciate that you're not too dirty for God to cleanse. And you're not too broken for God to fix. And you're not too far gone for God to reach. And you're not too guilty for God to forgive. And you're not too worthless for God to love. That's the concept of that. And so why I you to see with this simple lesson as we think about salvation, that's really what the Bible teaches. It's pleasing the Lord. And, and, and it's the idea that our ambition, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9, whether I'm here or whether I'm there, our ambition, our goal is to please the Lord. That's what salvation is. And so when I look at that, I got to ask myself, am I on the same page with God? Yeah, I'm baptized, preacher. Yeah, I I, I got a little certificate back in my Bible says I was baptized. Sweet. Are you connected to Jesus? How would you say that? Have you kicked the devil out of your house? Have you kicked the devil out of your heart? Have you kicked the devil out of your attitude? Have you kicked the devil out of your choices? Have you done those things? And now are you living as God wants you to live? As we began our series this morning, the life that God wants you to live. Are you living that? Are you walking around like Eeyore? Oh, life is hard. Oh, pity me. You're heaven bound. You're a child of Jesus. Lift your eyes up and lift your heart up. You see that? And so, so, how easy it is to say, yeah, yeah, preacher, I was baptized, I'm going to heaven. Well, what about those dots in between? That's what I want you to think about. little boy went to the county fair one day, and he got fascinated with the balloon man. There's a man with all these colored balloons. And that boy would just look at those balloons. He went over to the balloon man and says, Which one flies higher, the red one? What? And the balloon man said, "They fly the same, son. Do you want one? No, no. He'd go back and he'd look at him. He'd come back. How about the red one or the purple one? Which one flies higher?" He says, "They fly the same. Do you want one? No, no." And that went on and on and on for a long time. He we went through all the colors, and the blue man got real frustrated. He says, "Young man, it's not the color on the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside. That's what determines whether the balloon flies. That's not the color on the outside." It's what's on the inside that determines whether you're right with God. And that's what we need to see. Our culture is all about the outside. Oh, you've got to look pretty. You've got to be pretty. You've got to have the right brands, the right car, the right house, the right TV, the right this, the right that, the right Oh, what kind of watch do you wear? Oh, what kind of shoes are those? Oh, amazing stuff. And that's how the world looks at. That's Hollywood. All glitter. Everything on the outside. But when you open the box up, the box is empty. God's interested about the inside out. God's understood, first of all, with your heart. Are you connected to Jesus? When you leave this room and you go out to eat, you know, the most asked question in the church on Sunday is, where do you want to go eat? And you go out to eat. I've talked to people who are in the restaurant industry. The worst crowd is a Sunday morning church crowd. He said they're, they're, they, they fuss about everything. They're chintzy givers. It's they just, just terrible, they say. Was well, that the way I act? I'm connected to Jesus. Where is my food? I'm not giving you a tip more than a penny, honey. Really? Are you connected to Jesus? And when you're at work tomorrow, and you're at school tomorrow, and things aren't going well, are you connected to Jesus? Or do you get, do you get down in that mud and act like everyone else in the world? Are you connected to Jesus? And are you opening the door up? In the book of Ephesians, turn over there real quickly, Ephesians chapter 4. We read a big part of that earlier. I want to grab just two more verses here. Ephesians chapter 4. Once you look at 26 and 27, three times, I'm using the New American Standard, three times the New American Standard uses the word do not. And do not is like a stop sign. Don't do it. So. Ephesians 4, verse 26, be angry. Now notice he said he does not say do not be angry. He doesn't say that. Be angry, here comes the stop sign, and do not sin. Mad and I could say, I'm not going to say. I'm so mad, I could punch. I'm not going to punch. I'm so mad, I could, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I am walking with Jesus. Be angry and do not sin. Look at the next do not. Do not let the sun go down your anger. Don't stew on this. Don't stew on this. And when you do, you got to tell everyone else about it. Let me tell you. Let me just tell you how Ricky treated me. And, 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 and let me tell you about him. He, he, he treats me kind, so don't, don't go anywhere with that, okay? I'm just using him. I can use him like that, but, but don't go anywhere with that. But, but if, if he did, if he said something to me, I got real upset. And I didn't stop at that stop sign. What's going to happen tomorrow, man? I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm—I can't believe Ricky did that. I thought Ricky was a friend. On and on and on. Before the night's over, I'm calling Don Truex, our other friend. I'm going to tell you—you you won't believe what Ricky did to me. And Don's going to tell everybody. That's way Don is. No, no, he's not. I shouldn't say that. He's not. He's not. He's not like that at all. But you see what happens. And then the next time we get together. I've got, to, I've got to go around and tell everyone, you won't believe Ricky. You just would not believe Ricky. Oh and off What happened? I ran through a stop sign. God said, do not let the sun go down. And I did. What happened? I didn't act like Jesus. That's what happened. Then look at the third do not. Verse 27. Do not give the devil an opportunity. You ever get a wedding invitation? High school graduation party invitation? You get this invitation. RSVP. Come, please come to our house. We're going to have a party. We're we'll going to have a wedding. Come at this date. And you know what? When we're real mad, what we've done is we just sent an invitation to Satan himself. You're welcome to come into my heart now because I am mad. And now with you in my heart, the two of us, we're going to come up with some good words. And we're going to come up with some good reactions, And we're going to come up with all. He says, do not let the devil in your heart. Do not. And so, yes, I was baptized, but am I connected to Jesus? Have I kicked the devil out? Am I living righteously as God wants me to be? That's what Romans 6 teaches us. Yes, there is a heaven. Yes, that is important. But between now and there, what are we doing? A lot of us who've been baptized are back in the mud again. A lot of us who are baptized, we've got sorry attitudes and sorry words. I love us are baptized. You'd say, man, I would never have thought you were baptized by the way you act. So it is Romans 6 that teaches us. Do you understand something? Are you on the same page? It's not the color of the blue. It's what's on the inside. And that's what we went to, to see. This morning. If you're not a child of God, you need to become one. And what we're interested in is not getting you that baptistry, but changing you from the inside out. And those of us who have been baptized, is just something that kind of just knocks the sign off my shoe. Maybe, maybe things weren't real good. Years ago when I preached in Indianapolis, I used to stand at the door and greet people when they came in. A little boy one day came in and said, Mr. Roger, you won't believe what happened. I said, what? Mom and dad had a big fight in the car on the way here. Here come mom and dad. I said, it's a lovely day, isn't it? It's a lovely day. How do we treat each other? Guy went to work one day, said me and my wife got in a fight last night. She was historical. He said the word is hysterical. No historical, she went way back. (laughs) You see? Forgiveness. I've been baptized, but do I practice forgiveness? I've been baptized, is there any grace in my heart? I've been baptized, do I treat people like Jesus treats me? I've been baptized, but do I understand selfless? We can help you once you come and stand safe. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at the bibleway.com questions at the we'd love to have you in person come if you can but thank you for connecting with us